Hey there, listeners. As I celebrate another trip around the sun, I want to show my gratitude for your incredible support. What a better way to do that than with a special contest just for you. What's up for grabs, you ask? Powerful quantum healing hypnosis session that could lead you on a transformative journey within yourself. Here's how to enter. Simply leave a review, listen to an episode, and leave a review on Spotify or Apple podcast platform, and then screenshot the review. Email or Instagram me. Send the screenshot to me via email at soultravelerpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at I am Jennifer Mitchell. You can double your chances to win if you want to entries. Simply tag me on your Instagram story post with the screenshot of your review for an extra shot at winning. Your reviews and support mean the world to me, and I can't wait to gift one of you with this incredible opportunity. So start reviewing, screenshotting, and tagging for your chance to win. The contest will be ending on the first week of October, right after my birthday. The winner will be randomly selected and announced. So good luck and thank you for being part of this incredible journey. Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. Hey there, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode of the Soul Traveler Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Mitchell, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join me on this journey of self-discovery and enlightenment. Before we get started, I want to extend a very special thank you to The Light Voyage for your recent compliment on Apple Podcasts. Your words of encouragement truly mean the universe to me. I will be sure to enter your name into the drawing for a complimentary quantum healing hypnosis session. Now, in today's captivating episode, we are diving deep into the mystical world of numbers, names, and their profound meanings. I recently had the honor of sitting down with none other than the incredible Novali Wilder, a renowned numerologist and the brilliant mind behind the Numerology Podcast. Nofali and I embarked on a mind-bending exploration into the significance of your name. Yes, the one word that resonates deep within your soul. We also unraveled the mystery behind those angel numbers and why they seem to pop up everywhere in our lives and why they're reaching out to us all of a sudden now as a collective. So whether you're a seasoned traveler on the path of self-awareness or just beginning to dip your toes into the realm of spirituality, this episode promises to ignite your curiosity. So stay tuned in this incredible journey with my conversation with Novali Wilder. Let's get ready. Here we go. Hello, Novali. Welcome to the Soul Traveler podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today and to learn all about angel numbers and chat about numerology. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Share all the number magic. Yes, I can't wait. I'm very interested in it, to know about 
how you got started in this line of work and how it's impacted your life. Can you tell us a little bit about your origin story? Yes. Oh, a little bit. I am long-winded in this. So <laughs> back in 2000, I think... 13, 14, I got introduced to numerology like on a more personal level. I had heard of it. Numbers, letters, energies, name vibrations, angel numbers, stuff like that. But I had a friend who changed her name with the help of a numerologist. And I was like, whoa, okay, we're doing that now. That's another level. And so through watching her process close up, I realized that it did have an impact that I couldn't like discount that there were certain things that you just couldn't explain any other way than the name had something to do with it. And so at the time I was in New York, I was in acting school and I was coming up against some of my recurring blocks and issues. And I was like, I'm just so over this. How can I do something about it? And I decided to book a session with a numerologist because I was like, let's just do it. Like I'm open to crazy ideas at this point. And so through that session, I changed my own name and it had a profound effect on both my inner life and my outer life and my level of understanding of myself. It impacted my relationships and how I looked at my family. <laughs> it like impacted everything. And so I was like, but how can that be? Like, how, can, how does that work? So I found a teacher, the first of many, and started studying Chaldean numerology and specific because that was the kind that the numerologist that I worked with had used. And I realized that while I have like an affinity and an interest in many spiritual things, and I love astrology and I love the tarot and I'm into crystals and give me some feng shui, the numbers just seem to speak to me more than the others, <laughs> where I just felt like any spiritual tool needs a reader. So I realized that I could be that reader with this tool. I was like, oh, it speaks through me. My intuition fits with it. I'm picking the right words and whatever. And so I just decided to become a numerologist. Like I was on the acting track and this just took me by surprise. And because I was living in Denmark and my boyfriend at the time won the green card lottery. And so we decided to get married and move to the US. So like becoming a numerologist was like, I was just all in because I was like, I can't move to the US and work an entry-level job or in a cafe and expect to survive. So I have to make this neurology work. Wow. I'm definitely intrigued. And I want to know if you can please expand a little bit about numerology and how did that lead you exactly to change your name? So like, how does that go hand in hand? Like the numbers tell you what your, is it like your soul name or what your name should have been? Like what's the process behind that? Because I'm really intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So we all have a birthday. Let's start there. And we have numbers yeah. in our birthday. And depending on what day you were born, it's like the door you walk through in cosmos, uh -huh. your soul walks through and is like, in life, this time around, in this incarnation, I want to have this experience. These are like my gifts, my challenges, my lessons. And those are the ones that I'm going to explore in this lifetime. And then our names come on top of that. So names can be changed. So they're like filters. We all understand filters because of mm -hmm. Instagram and so on and so forth. So we understand that sometimes putting a filter on things can make it look completely different. It can make us uglier and prettier, and it can emphasize certain things in our faces. And when we talk about names in terms of name vibrations, 
they can make certain things way harder for us, emphasize some of our lessons. They can keep us stuck in thinking, because that can also happen when we look at someone who wears a filter, we can think that's what they look like. We don't see the filter. So name vibrations can be like that, where when you have that name and you carry that vibration, you think this is who you are and that you can't change it. And that's like one of the pitfalls of being human is that sometimes we think things are set in stone and we don't question our own identity. We don't question our passions. We don't question our relationships enough. So with a name change, and it doesn't even have to be through numerology, you know, a lot okay. of people change their names because they get married or they have a story about their name and they're like, I don't like this. Or in America, a lot of people shorten their name. So like, you're Jennifer, but there are probably people who call you shorter versions of that name. I'm going to tell you I do not like my name. It's so oh. common. I've thought often about <laughs> yeah. changing it. This is why I'm so intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people have stories and a lot of people mm -hmm. change their name just based on that. And I would say if you have something where there's like a story about your name or you don't like it, to me, that's like a soul level nudge saying maybe this filter is not what we should be carrying our whole life. Maybe it would be interesting to see ourselves in a different light. Like maybe it would be interesting to try on a different vibration. And so as a numerologist, I try to find vibrations that really support the numbers that are in your birthday, what you're here to do, who you really are, like getting to the point, which is sometimes uh, what can be a struggle in life to get to do what we're truly passionate about. And also to like, because we share mean vibrations with our family, sometimes the struggle with our family is that there's too much of that vibration, too mm -hmm. much of that energy. And so it goes bad, like too much of a good thing can also like be intense. And Novali, I love how you put that so simply in terms that anyone can understand whether they're pro-numerologist or not about how the name is like a filter because I never thought of it that way. So that really changed actually my perspective on names. <laughs> And I'd like to ask you, because a perfect segue, you mentioned a couple of times vibrations. And so that yes. was actually one of the questions I had. So each number, is my understanding, has a vibration. Mm. So does the number itself like represent the frequency of that vibration? Or can you elaborate on that for us? Yes. Yeah. So if we look at single numbers, mm -hmm. like the number is from one to nine, because when mm -hmm. we hit 10, the digit sum of 10 is one. So like when we go beyond nine, we just repeat the row again. So when we have our nine base numbers, that's what I call them. You can just call them the nine numbers. Each of them have like a whole spectrum. And so we all have a base number. So I was born on the 28th. Two plus eight is 10. One plus zero is one. This is like the basic math we have to do to figure it out. So I'm a one. That's my first base number. There are other numbers. There are other interesting things in my birthday, but like the number one is the most interesting and most important to know for me. And so I span the whole spectrum of one energy. And so I have lessons around leadership and egotism and self-centeredness. And I also have a really strong cheerleader in me where I can tell that some of the people who come to me, whether it be friends or clients, they really need someone to really strongly encourage them and light a fire under their ideas and someone to say, that's a good idea. Go do it now. No, not later, like right now. So within the spectrum, there are good and bad things. I, mm -hmm. It's hard sometimes as people, we sometimes learn better through suffering. 
or we wake up faster through suffering than through abundance and getting what we want. So we sometimes talk about we talk about that a lot, how trauma is often the catalyst for yes. awakening. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and I would also say often we get most critiqued and feel most hurt and personally attacked by people pointing out maybe some of the negatives of our first base number. So for example, if people tell me that I'm too loud or too taking up too much attention or that I'm bitchy, which is a wonderful thing to tell a woman when she has leadership qualities, yeah. then they hit me where it hurts because that is very close to who I am. It's just a negative way of seeing it. So as a numerologist, we want to just like point out the good qualities in each base number and clear away some of the negative connotations that we have heard maybe growing up yeah. or from society. And from so, society. <laughs> yeah, from society. And it, it doesn't matter where we live in the world. <laughs> some of the mm -hmm. issues just still come up. And so, yeah, each number has a spectrum and the name vibration is just then like a sliver of that spectrum. So, for example, if I'm a one and I have a lot of one energy in my name vibrations, that could either really fire up my one energy, really help me. But if it's too much, then it's like butter on butter and it could actually like subdue my fire or my energy. And it goes the same for like some of the other vibrations. If we have twos who are very sensitive and creative and artistic, but too much sensitivity, too much creativity and too much like artistry means that maybe we don't create anything at all. Maybe we get paralyzed. So it's all like a very personalized with the numbers. Yeah. And I want to go back and touch on something that you said, because it aligns with the conversation I had just this morning with my husband. Doesn't have to do necessarily with numerology, but how you said sometimes society or like so label us as a thing in the chin. It's like that happens a lot to us as women, like when we speak up. So there's a situation where our gardener is just not doing the work that he's paid to do. He's not trimming mm. the bushes. Like the bushes are so big, they're consuming the entire sidewalk. And I've asked like three <laughs> times. Yeah. Like, I need you to trim these bushes. Like I can't even walk on the sidewalk. So I had to go back out there again and ask again. And my husband's like, you're going to seem like a bitch. I'm like, why? Because, you know, because I'm a woman, like, mm -mm. like we're literally paying to do this and they're not doing it. So oftentimes, just well, because we speak up and we say something that's not right, that term is just so loosely thrown at us. It's yeah. Well, it could also be the pleaser where we're like, oh, I don't want to make a ruckus. Maybe your husband has a limit to how many times you can ask for something. And even if it doesn't get done, you can't yeah. ask anymore. <laughs> he has a internal limit of not being like a bother. Yeah. But I mean, if you're asking for something and you're paying someone, then they should do the thing. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting to know how that aligns with numerology. I also want to ask you, we were chatting a little bit um, offline before we started, but I'm curious about the history of numerology and its origins. If you could tell us a little bit about the origins. And I also am wondering if you know of maybe any documented instances in history where numerology may have influenced a time period or hmm. played a role in something throughout history. Yes. So the kind of numerology that I use, which we call Chaldean numerology, because it's based on the Chaldeans, we can trace that back around 3,000 years. Wow. And it overlaps. That's the thing with, I think in this day and age, we feel like we have access to a lot of information <laughs> via the internet. <laughs> but older books written in other languages are not getting uploaded, not getting read, not getting translated. So a lot of the really old texts on numerology, I don't have access to, very few people mm -hmm. have access to. 
but we can trace back like both like the oral tradition, but also like the written things around 3000 years. And it overlaps with the kind of numerology that's used in India. You could call it Indian numerology or Vedic numerology. And when you look at the differences between different systems, often with the really old ones, the only difference is that the system is adapted to the religion or spiritual world of that region. So if you look at Chaldean numerology and you compare it to Indian numerology, you realize that we're talking about the exact same things, the exact same, like also the connection to planets, days of the week, seasons, elements, everything, but maybe ruled by a different spiritual deity, like a god, a goddess, something like that, where Chaldean numerology is not really as... it's pretty complex, but it's not as attached to a religious system. Mm -hmm. as the Indian. And then the numerology that most people know in the West is actually Pythagorean. It's named after Pythagoras, who's the guy from your math books with the triangles. Yeah. But Pythagoras actually never wrote anything down. He did run a school and wow. he had a lot of students and it was very like teaching them. He called it the math of the soul. Mm. Our numbers and energies and harmonies in nature. But no one wrote anything down until hundreds of years later. So we can't actually be super sure about what exactly Pythagoras taught. But his system, the Pythagorean numerology, is a little more simplified. And they don't have, like, in Chaldean numerology, we have the numeroscope, which is a chart you do for someone in their name. And you can also, like, look at people's yearly cycles, and it's all very personalized. And with uh, Pythagorean numerology, it's a little more accessible, I think, to most because it's simpler and, like, easier to understand. And I find it, this is me personally, it's sometimes a little general. And I really like when things are practical and very personal. Like, I want you to tell me exactly what to do <laughs> and exactly how I function so I can like make changes if I need to, but I so, so I can also understand myself. And then there are other, we have like some Chinese numerology as well, but some of them, when you like dive into it, you realize just how much superstition and fear there can be in certain things. And while I do believe that everything is a spectrum and certain things are negative, it's also sometimes the older texts you read, they are a little bit fire and brimstone and like a little like, <laughs> if you have this name vibration or if you're born on this day, you really will have a hard life. Where I'm like, let's add some nuances to this. And based on times that numerology has changed the world. So we have some bigger companies that have changed their name or decided their name based on numerology, like wow. Toyota. I don't remember what Toyota's old name was, but they were not doing very well. They consulted a numerologist. They renamed their company Toyota and uh, well, they're still around. So, so clearly cool. that worked. <laughs> a lot more people than we think are consulting with, you know, spiritual advisors, both people I've worked with, people I've heard of and like clients that I have where you realize that when you reach a certain level of power, influence, income, you also realize just how much your mindset and your energy and your spiritual understanding impacts how well you do in the world. So we can like look back and see that there has been personal astrologers and numerologists who've consulted with kings and queens and stuff like that across the world and like people, uh, children being named, heirs being named, princess uh, and princesses being named based on numerology. Yeah. So that, that is, definitely also has an impact on the world as well. Yeah. 
That is so amazing. There's so much wisdom and so many intriguing things. First off, I didn't know that numerology had so many origins across different cultures and backgrounds. There is one thing, though, that you said, and it actually just sparked a memory of a session that I had. So I mm-hmm. do quantum healing um, hypnosis, and part of that is past life regression. Yes. And when you were talking about the books, it brought all of a sudden this memory came to surface of a client I had who she regressed to a time when it made several hundred years ago. And she was a young man and she was working with, she calls him a master. Like he was like a teacher and she was an apprentice. And there was this book that they were hiding from the church. And as she went through the book and I was asking her to describe, she recalled the page and then the number four was written as such though that it made like this double DNA type of like a helix. Oh. And this came out through the past life regression and she's like, this is what we're protecting. And I don't know, like when you were talking about like how we've lost so much stuff over time. Yeah. And that just popped up to me. I was remembered like this four and it made like the DNA helix. And on the front of the book was um had like this emblem of like a phoenix. And so, yeah, I completely forgotten about the session until you mentioned the books and how throughout time, you know, stuff has unfortunately been lost. And I wonder how many times throughout history that's happened. I think that's happened a lot. I think there's a lot of texts that have just, and even though I also think that even with things being written down, you often still like a workbook, you would want a teacher to expand. On the written word, I find that like when I write things down, even like I teach, I have a school called the numerology school. And when I teach people, even when I create worksheets or like maps of certain things, sometimes you really need like the talking through all of the aspects of something to really understand it. I think a lot of occult, esoteric, spiritual things have been hidden in imagery, in the tarot. And has also, when you read books from maybe the beginning of the 20th century or 19th century, you can really tell just how much the mood of the time, mm-hmm. how each writer, we think things are like timeless and nothing. No book is truly timeless. Everything is so impacted through like the time and the person and their life and whatever they were doing. Even one author would not write the same book at 30 as they would at 50. So sometimes you can really tell, like also when I go, because it's a never ending research project, like when I find books, I'm like, oh, how do they tell the story? Or how do they turn this imagery into their own? Things get lost and they they get rediscovered through each writer and each person and each teacher of it. And some people are better writers than they are teachers. And some people are better teachers than they are writers. So I think a lot have been lost, but I also think that it's like if something is, which I think numerology is part of like the core vibrational understanding on Earth, like I think everything is based on numbers. You couldn't do astrology or a lot of other spiritual things without like the foundation of the numbers and also like time. So I think it's all like it will resurface through someone else at some point, even if it's been lost. But of course, if there is something like that's also why when I find like a book that's gone out of print and I'm like, okay, this this is one of the ones that I'm keeping to add to my personal library of numerology books, because unfortunately things don't always get like reprinted, like the copyright expires and no one cares. Yeah. Something you mentioned was time. And obviously right now everybody's talking about 
angel numbers and you're mm. seeing them everywhere. <laughs> and yes. I'm wondering if you could explain the correlation, like how do angel numbers specifically relate to numerology? Um, are there connections between conveyed by angel numbers? Yeah, so angel numbers is a term that was coined by Doreen Virtue and other spiritual teachers in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's mm-hmm. where really the books, the courses, but like angel numbers became a term that more and more people were familiar with. And angel numbers have always existed, but they didn't really get the, that term or like that label until around then. Before then, we would just call them like repeating numbers or numbers that show up or spiritual numbers. There wasn't like that term. And it's really interesting to see how they've been used because I use a system, the Chaldean numerology system. So when I look at numbers, even if there is an intuitive component to my reading, it's based on that system. So whenever I see the number four, I think of rebelliousness. I think of coloring outside the lines. I think of feeling like the black sheep. I think of a lot of that transformation and change and moving. So no matter where four shows up, if it's 444 or like mm-hmm. in a receipt, on a license plate, on an account number, what have you, house number, that's always for me connected to that. But some of the people who use, who use angel numbers now are using them entirely based on their own intuitive sense of them. That was so, my next question because yeah. I see so many different variations of what they mean. I'm like, yes. wait a minute, I just saw this and it was interpreted <laughs> different. So yeah. let's just debunk that. Yeah, you always get the short. I just wrote a book. It's coming out in December, not to plug my own thing, all about angel numbers. Perfect. We'll definitely leave the link in the notes. Yes, that's based on the Chaldean system. But as I was starting to write the book, I had written maybe around the first like 50 numbers and I realized, oh boy, oh boy, like I have to shorten this because I was writing, you know, a couple of sentences about each number. And then I realized that this is going to be a very long book if we're going to do that about like I wanted to write about the first thousand. So I had to shorten it. But I would say that even when you have a subjective, intuitive understanding of a number that might still be part of a larger whole, I wouldn't discount anyone's interpretation of an angel number because angel numbers are like short, sweet, affirmative messages from the universe or whatever you want to call your higher power, your higher self, your soul, your spirit team, God, whatever you like your angels. So to me, they're not meant to be like dived into and unpacked for hours or journaled on for multiple times. Usually angel numbers are like a nice little sign that you're on the right path. And when people are like, oh, but what does it mean? Then I'm like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? What was going on in your life? Because I can give you a general explanation of what that angel number means. But if you tell me, Oh, but that was the number my grandmother lived in. Or that was like my lucky number when I was a child. And I'm like, okay, well then you probably have a more intuitive and personal understanding of that number. And even if I give you a general reading of it, it's just going to be a layer of it. So when people see a lot of angel numbers, it usually overlaps with some kind of awakening or being more in the flow. And sometimes it can also become like an obsession which we also sometimes be like, okay, your brain likes to work for you. And if it's like, oh, you want to see these things, then I'm going to go look for these things. They're both things going on. Sometimes your brain is like, I got a job. I'm going to go look for these numbers. And other times it's like, there's a spiritual message and it's coming through and I'm acknowledging it. I'm taking it in and then I'm moving on. Hey, soul travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis 
because one session forever changed my life and now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from my higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within. We'll revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetimes. Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic records so that you can get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you can listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. So I think you may have answered my next question, but maybe you can elaborate a little more because I was going to ask, why do you think there's such an uptick all of a sudden in angel numbers or people seeing them? I mean, I myself am seeing them like crazy. It's almost annoyingly crazy. Like mm-hmm. every single time I look at the clock, it's either, you know, 11, 11, 222, 333. Like, yeah. And so like, why do you think that all of a sudden so many people are starting to see this huge uptick in these numbers? What's your take on that? I think there is a general rising interest in mm-hmm. all things spiritual. Yeah. And I think because we've just been through something like on a global level that was traumatizing, the pandemic, there is a lot more help showing up. A lot more, yeah, yeah spirit guides, people downloading things, people coming online, whatever you want to call it. Like there's a, an awakening. Now, I don't really <laughs> prescribe to the thing that our planet is going to go from 3D to 5D in our lifetime. But I do think that there is, which often happens when we go through like a global trauma, that there is like this question of like, why am I alive? Why am I doing this? Do I want to be doing whatever I'm doing? Do I want to be doing something else? We're questioning some of the big foundational things in our lives, like our work, where we live. And so we're more open to help and information and something coming through and our intention opens the door for help. And so I think that's why. And then I think that angel numbers are to me kind of like a gateway drug to numerology or maybe deeper <laughs> deeper <laughs> exploration. Like we start wherever it's easiest. And I mean, angel numbers are easy in that way. It's not that we took, shouldn't take them seriously because they are messages, mm-hmm. but I feel like we shouldn't stop there. Like that's kind of my message with angel numbers is like if there's a nudge, then maybe the nudge is to then dedicate some time, even if it's just five minutes in the morning or in the evening or while you garden or do your dishes to let your mind wander, like go into a meditative state, see what comes through. Say, okay, I've seen the sign and I'm like, it's a finger on a doorbell. So like the doorbell is making a sound. Now you got to open the door a little more. So to me, it's like, It's lovely that it's happening. I see a lot of interest in angel numbers, numerology. I mean, every third app I get on Instagram is someone combining astrology and necklaces or astrology and t-shirts or a lot of spiritual things are going more mainstream. 
And I yeah. think that's yeah, also what's going are. on. Like everyone is realizing not just that you can make money off of spirituality, which is the thing, um, yeah. but also that like there is a curiosity and maybe we have gotten a little less taboo about it where I think maybe yeah. 30 years ago, you wouldn't wear a t-shirt with your sun sign because you wouldn't, you wouldn't show off that in the same way as you would now. Yeah, I definitely think there's been an uptick. Um, and to your point earlier, we did just come out of a global trauma. And yeah. we were saying at the beginning of this re recording about how trauma cracks is open spiritually. So it definitely makes sense that now that globally we've gone through this traumatic experience that we're all more receptive and we're all more open spiritually to receive stuff that's maybe always been there, but we just didn't recognize or didn't notice or see. Yeah, and we're looking for confirmation. <laughs> I mean, I find that like people are like, um, I saw this very much in June, which numerologically was a month that made us question if you we were in the right spot on Earth, like there was a moving energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, along that, I don't know about the astrology, I suddenly heard a lot of people talking about like, I want to move to Europe and I got an astrocartography session and like I, I'm suddenly feeling called to, and there's already been a big move in the US specifically of a lot of people moving, uh, you know, <laughs> to different cities where they lived before. But there yeah. was a general energy of like, am I in the right spot? It was a four energy in, in uh, June. And I see like the waves of that happening. Like mm -hmm. we had the wave of the trauma with the pandemic and then we're thinking new thoughts and we're looking for confirmation of those thoughts, which is also something I would say with angel numbers, just a little tip. If you're like, this is real, I don't know. This is not a one way street. You can talk to your spirit team. If you don't know it, you can say, hey, I feel like I'm getting this sign but I would like specific confirmation. I would like it within 24 hours. I need it to be this sign or song or color or number or imagery. And I will take that as a yes or a no on whatever my quandary is. Like I would just say in general, sometimes when people get open up to spirituality, they lose a little bit about their power or they give it up a little bit. They're like, oh, I guess this is the authority now. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> You are the authority, you are the mm -hmm. power, you are the inquirer, and you're the one who decides if you're going to follow whatever input you get. So we can all Google an answer, but right. your own answer is probably better. And so instead of leaning out mm -hmm. like a, I don't know, like a glass trying to get full from something, lean back and kind of taste your own yeah. water. That's the lean weird like thing, but like get quiet, get in nature, you know, tune into yourself and you will mm. get the confirmation you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, when we trust our intuition and we lean in instead of out, that's where the answers, you know, truly lie. So many aha moments and and throughout this conversation, lots for me to definitely look into and research and dive into further. I love that you know your wisdom and thank you so much for sharing with us today. What is like a final thought or advice that you would like to leave our listeners with today? I would say if there's something with your name, something with your birthday, something with numbers, something where maybe this conversation or maybe something before this conversation, like there's some kind of curiosity, then I would Google. <laughs> I would 
go a little bit deeper into it. And I would see yeah. also what kind of numerology you resonate with. Maybe it's Chaldean, maybe it's Pythagorean, maybe it's Indian, but kind of see if there's maybe a message or some wisdom, mm -hmm. some value for, for you in that. And I would also say, if it feels too general, find someone you trust and have a reading. It could be me, it could be someone else, but I really think that if you resonate with a reader and you resonate with a system, then that's the best thing for you to have a session with them. To me, that's how I test things. Like there's the general, there's the reading the book, and then there's the me picking, okay, I need a professional to like explain mm -hmm. this and unpack this for me and see how it fits. And then I can very quickly figure out if this is worth spending some time on and some money on, or if I'm like, nah, that wasn't the system for me, I can move on because I know. So I invite you to know by following mm -hmm. your curiosity. Yeah, well, I'm definitely interested in booking a session with you and I'm sure Very that well. our listeners will be as well. Where can we go online to find you? Yeah, so I'm online at novaleywilder.com. I'm also on all the damn platforms at <laughs> novaleywilder, so Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, what have you, and Facebook as Novali Numerology. And I have written two books. A little bit of numerology came out a few years ago. So if numerology is your jam, I would check that out. And then I have a little bit of angel numbers coming out in December of this year, which I would also really recommend. If you're into angel numbers, like I wrote it as like a... Oh, exciting. You know, just like a lookup book. When, like mm -hmm. it has an explanation of everything, but just when you're like 42, why do I see 42? Then you can definitely yeah. check. And it has also tips and tricks to like when you stop seeing angel numbers, if you want to go deeper with it, like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is in there too. I like that. I like the the lookup because sometimes you just want to like be able just to look it right up. So yeah. how useful is that? And I think that that's really going to be something that listeners will love. And I'll make sure to link your current book in the notes and all of your information. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. So much wisdom. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for your great questions. Yeah. All right. Bye for now. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.